to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, listener, to Big Red Couch's Thought for the Day 91. Today I'll be speaking with our Lord and Saviour, Craig Buchanan, and his feelings about being our Lord and Saviour. Over to you, Craig. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Thank you straight to hell. <laughs> Whoa, that carries more, more weight. Is this just an odd job thing, or you've been doing this professionally for a while, walking the earth? Yeah, well, the, the, the walking the earth bit, certainly, apart from the bits where I was taking a train across the earth, because, you know, I'm lazy and my feet get tired. Fair enough. I'm, I'm still very conflicted about this card. I, I, I would like to point out to anybody listening, particularly anybody of uh, an ecclesiastical bent or positions of authority, I'm still very conflicted about this card. And it's not even my fault. I think we can blame those horrifying, irresponsible gutter skypes. It does have just a hint of gutter skypeness there, I think. It's not completely out of the ambit of role-playing games. The number of people who've attempted to make themselves their their own spiky-haired Jesus-kun for their role-playing character. Spiky-haired Jesus-kun. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't even... I got nothing. I... I I both do and don't want to see that anime. There is actually, it's fairly, fairly topical, I feel, that a great manga about Jesus and Buddha living in a little economy flat in, I think it's Tokyo. Because where else? Being roomies. They have come to disagreements, they, they grow as people, which is pretty impressive. They're just, they're just bros. Nice. So I was remembering something that had cropped up years ago on RPG Net about a pulp game that somebody had been playing in that he referred to as The Adventures of Doc Jesus and the Temple of Scientology. Because <laughs> it was basically Indiana Jones, except it's Jesus in the role of Indiana Jones. And he's still this hard-drinking, fist-fighting, adventuring sort of person. He just also has godly powers. Of course. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Why didn't anybody make this earlier? So, yeah, according to this person's write-up, the games were basically the players were the sidekicks who would just get into enormous amounts of trouble, put the donkey up the minaret whatsoever, and then Jesus would come in and sort it with his godly powers. Was the objective to make trouble you could survive but still would have the anointed one, you know, just shake their head and go, what have you done this time? I'm not sure. I get the idea it was more of a beer and pretzels game that sort of one of those things where somebody had come up with this really stupid idea and then they couldn't not do it. You mean very much like the premise of this show? Not to put too fine a point on it. Right. Stop asking awkward questions. <laughs> or enough. else. Indeed, indeed. Moving right along. Moving right along if you know what's good for you. <laughs> yes, so this this one from memory happened because I think I'd sent a an email to the gutter skypes of general fanboyish nature they picked up and run with it as they have a tendency to do and then taz heard it and uh, suggested it for the mystery box okay so incestuous podcast community awesome. pretty much yeah yeah it's good true because that's bounced through at least yeah there's at least a couple of podcasts in there because there's gutter skypes you've got the the, the sunday skypers reference uh, in there with uh, with taz so yeah mm-hmm so, we've had really good feedback on the Feather Boot forums, on the Facebook page. We have a Facebook. Come and visit our Facebook. Avoid the tumbleweeds, ignore the dust. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty preliminary. I, I'm trying to find cool stuff to add now and again, so we'll try and get it to, to take up a little bit, even if it's just to make my inner stats nerd 
happy whenever I see um, green up, upward trending arrows. The thing with that sort of recutting of the film Passengers was quite good. That was that was actually quite impressive. Mm, mm, no, it was a, a very it was very timely and interesting as all hell. So yeah. So we've got a bunch of content. Uh, how do we want to do this? I mean, I actually have an idea for this one, though it did feel a bit sacrilegious, to be brutally uh, honest. If, if you wish to go first, Your Holiness. <sighs> Thank you, Ben. You're enjoying this way too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I- I'm going to. Right. I have not yet to begun to enjoy it way too much. Oh, dear God. Or rather, oh, dear me. Let's be honest, there's aspects of this one that I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole, including the bit, you know, any of the bits where I declare myself to be apparently my own and everybody else's lord and saviour. So what I thought of for this one was, as it were, the general category of games where the player characters suddenly find themselves in a completely different situation to what they were envisaging. Because, you know, for have you heard of our lord and saviour Craig Buchanan? Really only carries much impact if, at least from my reading of it, if you are Craig Buchanan Hmm. and you had no idea. Nice, yes. So this one I'm sort of using as a springboard into the the whole area of games where the uh, party find themselves in a situation of they're obviously important, but at the same time, if somebody's asking them that question, that person doesn't recognize them. Hmm. So, you know, in the specific case of, you know, if somebody's asking me whether I've heard of myself as Lord and Savior, then they don't recognize me as this person. Right. So what the hell's going on? Hmm. There's been a subtle shift in reality. Well, maybe not that subtle. Well, there's lots of ways you could do it. I mean, the one, because I've just recently been listening to some actual plays of a Doctor Who game and thinking, sort of thinking about the Time Watch game and everything like that, the idea of... Your, your time agents or your time travelers arriving in a place, discovering that there is this entire religious structure based around them having done stuff that they haven't done yet. Yeah, nobody recognizes them as these religious figures. So you've sort of simultaneously got the, well, all of this is based on us, but at the same time, we can't actually abuse it. Right. For what you do as a game based on that... I guess it would kind of depend on how you wanted to characterize the religion in question. I mean, if you've got the Bill and Ted be excellent to one another, you know, you probably say, hey, go us, um, quietly make sure that all the stuff that was supposed to happen happens behind the scenes and carry on about your business. If, on the other hand, it's, uh, you know, have you heard of our uh, Lord and Savior? Excellent. Right. Give us a hand with the flensing machines. We've got some heretics to sort out. That's more of an issue, hopefully. That would be an interesting diversion for... A party who had high aspirations, a trajectory towards greatness, and was starting to make a real impact on their world, and you were cutting them out Red Dwarf style for a second to see what the worst possible outcomes of their their accomplishments would be. It's a little bit, yes, it's a little bit allegorical and so forth, but it's like you run Mini Peace and um, Ministry of Information and so forth, and everything is wonderful and terrifying and dystopic would you do it with the red dwarf despair squid um approach i mean would you would you go full-on ghost of christmas uh past present and future it would depend exactly how cheesy you wanted to go the it was all a dream is you know several sort of wheels of age stilton deep cheese but you know it depends on what you were looking for in the game it's a classic it's a simulation 
kind of thing. They all boil down to pretty much the same thing, because unless they have any means of changing it, if it's just a prediction or a hallucination or something, it may as well never happen. Yeah, you could go with your variant timeline approach, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which allows it to have happened, but at the same time they can make it not have happened. Yes, they could lick to change that horrible reality where they were extremely successful. Mm. Through Edge Sword there, of course. That's an interesting one. I hadn't thought of sort of dropping it in in the middle of, but also as a part of a bigger arc. I was thinking of it more as the the Dimension of the Week, Mm. Sliders, Doctor Who kind of approach. But I do like the dropping it into the middle of an existing game just to get that maximum what the hell out of it. It does feel a bit like the... GM editorializing slightly about the activities and proclivities of the players. Is that a bad thing? Dropping it into an ongoing game where the party has plans. Yeah, I'm not sure what sort of systems or, or game you'd use, but you'd have the advantage if you're dropping it into an, an ongoing game with ongoing narrative that cuts through the whole thing. You probably don't have to reach that far to find a few things that you can tweak to end up with this situation. Whereas if you've got the dimension of the week or the timeline of the week, it might be a hell of a lot harder to come up with, okay, so if this person did this thing very slightly differently mm. and have the players not do the, well, yeah, but I never would have done that, so... It would have less impact on that scenario. Yeah. And if, you know, it's generally stuff that maybe the players hadn't thought of yet. Maybe they were were heading down this path blindly. And it was the the world of the story and the GM giving them a little bit of a a window into the future about what might happen if they say ally with that guy or they do these sorts of things. So it could be useful as well as entertaining. I have actually done something a little, well, done the it was all a dream thing to try to get a game that was running horribly off track back on track it didn't work (laughs) i didn't want to assume but no 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 it was it was a fair assumption it was a game that was going off track yeah i was running the game and i was a major part of the reason why it was going off track but uh, i had help yeah i kind of tried that it just didn't work that well then again it was something that was come up with it very much at the last minute whereas yeah this if you planned it right you could have a lot of fun with it for the right time and place i think but your idea is kind of adjacent to my one so probably a good time to try that out all right and we can do a tiny bit of a role-playing exercise so you agent craig buchanan of the time police or dimensional enforcement authority or something else with a better acronym dea does anybody use that okay you've arrived in random alternate reality in the pursuit of the mandelbro devious villain that he is does he wear his hat backwards and have a pop <laughs> popped collar and the wackiest t-shirt you ever saw. Nice. The Mandel, bro. And you, you've arrived in this dimension looking for signs of his activities. You're trying to track this character down. You investigate the local metropolis. People look at you oddly. And you approach to talk to them. They treat you at very least like you're... Maybe there's something wrong with you. Maybe maybe you're doing something wrong. You've been trained to blend in with most you know, cultural societies. You think you've got the things nailed down. And you turn the corner and you look at the big statue... And it's you. The bastard has altered this reality so that you will never get a straight answer out of everyone because they think, you think, that you're a couple of millennia dead messiah. So you're either obviously crazy or maybe you're him. That's devious. The um, perturbations of the Mandelbro are many and infinite. The complexity just keeps on going. Indeed. He's a deep guy. Nice. 
And that would be the structure of the game. You're, you're supposed to be maximum enforcement temporal agent or whatever your, your thing is, and suddenly you've had not the entire civilization turned against you, but they're never going to take you seriously. Or the people who will take you seriously might not be very helpful in the helpful ways you want. Yes, because you're either a complete nutter or you're the actual messiah. Either way, your actions are going to be constrained. Indeed. By well-meaning people, in the yeah, best possible case, by well-meaning people. Indeed. And the notion of, in, in a continuing story, especially if, if you uh, um, had your team of temporal enforcement agents, or that's actually pretty good, like a T, time for T. Ooh, nice. Yeah, you've got a catchphrase and everything. Awesome. And in the tradition of the, the law and order, semicolon, God knows what, or whatever, you have the slightly stuffy front man you know he's the he's the company man he's the he's the the upstanding soldier by the book character suddenly people are expecting him to be wearing robes and sandals and can't take him seriously that would be a good spin on your um team dynamic it's like okay the guy who was supposed to be like the authority and you know just can't anymore yeah has no authority yeah he can be as commanding and together and you know be doing all the right things but he's just been completely undermined by somebody reshaping the entire civilization as a giant prank that is awesome it does put me in mind there's a movie i forget the name of it it is a movie in which hg wells pursues jack the ripper through time and ends up in the 80s that sounds like a movie that was made in the 80s Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Coke was a hell of a drug. It's, it's an odd film, not going to lie. It's maybe not that great a film. It was not quite the film I was expecting, because based on that plot of H.G. Wells pursues Jack the Ripper through time, I was kind of imagining this film of these people sort of moving around in the timeline, effectively trying to trap each other. So sort of you know, H.G. Wells peers, peers out of an alleyway and discovers these huge public enemy number one with his face uh, on them, posters everywhere and mm. just quietly scuttles off again and <laughs> the sort of thing the actual movie turned out to be nothing like that whatsoever that's a shame it was called time after time that does ring a bell yeah we'll have to do some research but yes and that yeah, maybe you're thinking more of the 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 duel between the, the doctor the time lord and the master in the comic relief yes the curse of fatal death the curse of fatal death yes when they where they have iteratively travelled back to set out the situation so the other one is imperiled. Yes, the couch of reasonable comfort. Indeed. <laughs> and the horrible squelchy sewers. It, it's a classic. Mm -hmm. I should rewatch that at some point. But anyway, I was hoping for something more like that, and the idea of setting somebody up as either a complete madman who thinks he is the messiah or the actual messiah and the Mandelbro doesn't care which one because mm. it's going to be inconvenient either way indeed and funny meanwhile the Mandelbro is off doing whatever dastardly thing Mandelbro might do. how did you come up with that name i'm sorry that's just a fantastic name <laughs> i am not sure that character just writes itself <laughs> geometry obsessed frat boy pretty confident i've seen a couple of interviews with mandelbro interesting it came up in a computer graphics class yeah that explains a lot if you can have programmers you can have mandelbros i'm sure there's minions the mandelbros oh wow yeah so that that would just be brilliant because yeah if you don't have the mandelbro as the frat boy um villain you instead have him as you know, you have Ma mandelbro as the villain and then his various students the mandelbros out there doing his work indeed yes i am just trying to load up really weird links for you to have to track down 
Yeah, you did it last time. My turn. The backbone of the experience that we provide, just random links and stuff. Like those people trying to make coherent patterns of the internet links just implode. And- <laughs> ah, yes, we call this the big red couch exploding starfish cluster. That would be pretty fun. Hmm. It does, now that I remember it, and I can't for the life of me think of why I didn't think remember this earlier. There was a game of Time Watch that I played at Gen Con that started with people arriving in Egypt. I forget exactly when in the timeline and discovering that there's i think an extra pyramid and the sphinx has the, sp- the face of one of the player characters nice yeah <laughs> it's like hey you look around you got some splaining to do there was very much that around the table of care to make a comment mm, not at this time it was quite a good scenario i exploded but i got better <laughs> those are both notions at very least for for games to occupy ourselves with fairly specific not too blasphemous so you're in the clear i may not be (laughs) so from from the webs what have we got do you want to get one of the ones that you got from from your shadowy dark facebook (laughs) these are some long-time listeners and people i know this fellow suggested that would be best couched as a modern version of life of brian and the pc's called the cultists convinced of craig's divinity interesting Knowing the person in question, these would definitely be Lovecraftian cultists, which is probably not a great thing. <laughs> I know the person as well, don't I? Yeah, I think you do. Right, yes. Ooh, okay, so you've got... Okay, so it's a comedy game, I'm assuming. <laughs> Possibly a comedy horror game, because I wouldn't want to play that as a straight horror game, because that would just get horrible. So you've got people who have convinced themselves or are convinced that some person is their chosen messiah, even though that person doesn't want a bar of it. Yes. It's an interesting challenge to get your reluctant um, godhead to uh, take responsibility for their, um, well, who knows what you want actually to do, but yes. I, I cannot decide whether quags or fiasco would be the way to go. Fiasco, definitely. Right. So the, the point of the thing is that it's all going to fall quite possibly quite literally into madness and ooze. Yes. Okay. Maybe the the focus of their attention isn't reluctant so much as long-suffering. You've got a, a messianic figure who, they're quite convinced of their own outrageous divinity and higher purpose. It's just that finding good help is very hard. Hmm, I'm not 100% on what the players would do. In Fiasco, I expect you'd have a, a specific event that you're trying to, to have come about and would, as you say, descend into madness and ooze before too long. Yeah, I mean, for Fiasco to work, you kind of need people at least working somewhat at cross-purposes, so... That could easily be accomplished. (laughs) Yeah, that could could be very easily accomplished. And if you wanted to go sort of the full-on idiocy approach, there's... Is it Invaders? Context. There's a game, RPG, where you are... You are effectively playing completely crap alien invaders. I am not familiar with this, and I don't know how this is possible. I'm not sure whether it is Urken Invaders, the game, but it uh, some of the descriptions I've heard does make it sound a bit like that. that. They are just a bit rubbish, actually, and tend to die, die a lot. It's one of those, here is your pad of character sheets, you're going to need them kind of games, to my understanding. I will see if I can find a link, but it could be called Invaders. I could be confusing it with Kill Puppies for Satan. <laughs> I'm not sure. But yeah, you could if you wanted to go out-and-out comedy you could potentially take that route of the just completely rubbish, devoted cultists and the, frankly, uninterested cult messiah. If you were taking it slightly more seriously, I'm not sure what the end game would be 
Is it to get your reluctant, disinterested, or possibly completely unknowing messiah on board? Maybe they're just not very confident. You've got to sort of build them up and make sure that they're not feeling too many setbacks. As you say, you might have mixed feelings about this whole thing. Okay, that could work. So you've basically got your devoted cultists stage managing things to build up the Messiah's confidence. And... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just do a couple of podcasts, some public appearances, you know, just start them small. Yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> I see what you're up to. <laughs> okay, moving right along. <laughs> He's wise to us. Run! <laughs> Depending on how you did that one, you could, well, you could end up with The Simpsons with the Stonecutters episode. And that catchy, catchy song. Well, a pretty catchy song. You've got the out-and-out comedy potential. Another idea from a, one of our longest, long-standing listeners who's actually given me feedback, but only in person, never on the internet or anywhere, like, useful. Yeah, not in any, in any place where there could be evidence of it, as I think what you're saying here. Pretty much, yeah. Maybe some sort of post-apocalypse thing, where very little culture survive except excerpts of Craig's travels, which of course get confused and embellished over the centuries as civilization rebuilds. The game could be some sort, uh, some sort of take of Into the West, as the party tries to either deliver his teachings to the heathen or ret- retrace his holy steps. Uh, our previous correspondent um, said that the system for that one would be Pugmire, which bears going into, because I'm, I'm quite impressed with Pugmire. But I'll, I immediately um, responded with, Journey to the West with Craig as the Enlightened Pilgrim? I'm digging it. Of course, I'd be monkey, right? <laughs> Great sage, equal of heaven? No, apparently not. Apparently, uh, I actually had you down as a Satan figure for, in this religion. No reason, but if Craig is, going to, is the saviour, you'll make a good candidate for the opposition. You do have a more sinister beard than me. I do my best. He says in his best, I'm not on trial here, don't. <laughs> I have fond memories of the series Monkey, a.k.a. Monkey Magic, and its very wacky, poppy theme tune, and its gloriously batshit way of attempting to introduce the tenets of Buddhism to the West in the form of a very camp, sort of Power Rangers-level comedy action show about Chinese mythology that was made in Japan, which is all sorts of just odd. I had a moment of cognitive dissonance when watching i think it was a chinese game show when on one of sort of flicking flicking through the various obscure channels on the television finding this obscure game show and realizing that it was some sort of team game show where every team had a a leader and they were in costume and they were costumed as the various travelers from Mm -hmm. journey to the west at the time i didn't know about journey to the west i only knew about the tv show monkey sort of why have they got the characters from Monkey running this? And Indeed. then eventually discover... Yeah. So technically the show worked. It's hard to describe. It doesn't feel like it's taking the piss at any level. Except it kind of is at almost every level. Okay, the people translating into English, the theme song and the outro credits. I mean, the, the first, like, I think is like 20, 25, 26 minutes of batshit action, dumb jokes, um... Three Stooges style physical comedy from the Japanese, dubbed over with terrible accents into English. It seems totally shithouse. And then the end of it, the original um, footage is all of sacred places and beautiful vistas. And there's a very, very earnest, if a bit shit, song about sacred teachings and so forth rolling in the background. It's like, okay, they meant well, at least earnestly, about this. It's very confusing, but it's also a fun show. You're getting nostalgic and want to go and watch it again, don't you? I do, actually. I've got got it on VHS. (laughs) That doesn't do me any good anymore. 
I'm sure there's somebody somewhere out there who's got a working. I think we do. I just have, would have to find how to plug it into modern equipment, which is probably beyond my <laughs> my technical capacity. So quite a ludicrous show in and of itself, and the notion of recasting any level of it, or even to like mashing it up with like whatever we've done before, like a Canticle Leibowitz, to to make this sort of pilgrimage story about you know the trials and tribulations and the grow and and these characters growing as people. It would be interesting, but it would be very strange. Yes, I mean the idea of people traveling, yeah, traveling across the wasteland to take the sacred, sacred scrolls, which are apparently my travel blog, or in fact that they've heard of your travel blog and they're going to to a far off place to retrieve it and bring bring the enlightenment back. Ah, that was the the, the tasks the task later from the, the, the priest in question and so forth. Yeah, it's a whole spiritual quest thing. and It's all about the journey, not the destination. It's true. It is, well, that is one of the big things that you kind of pick up along the whole way. And say, yep, it's an interesting... I, I like the idea. To make it even more wacky and possibly less culturally odd, um, have, you, have you seen anything about the Pugmire game? The only thing I know is basically fan- fantasy game... In the ruins of our society with dogs. Yes. It is a pretty much straight up and down fantasy world with anthropomorphic dogs. Nice. Very heroic looking anthropomorphic dogs. Oh, extremely. Man has vanished from the face of the earth, but they, 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 the, the, the good dogs, good dog, good dog, they, 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 they hold their, his teachings in their hearts and they, they have the code of man, which involves be a good dog, obey the master. Bite only those who endanger you. Protect your home. <laughs> be loyal to those that are true. Protect all from the unseen. And fetch what has been left behind. Hey, there's a cat. The cats aren't trusted quite as much, but yeah. That, that, that makes sense. As, as a cat person, that makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll go a long way by assuming that your cat is lying to you. <laughs> and instead of um, the usual effort, they, they um, use phrases like man dam other than goddamn nice and that would oh, be I, i've got the post <laughs> oh, that's brilliant sorry the be a good dog pugmire <laughs> yes there are the, the monarchies of mal which are the um <laughs> the, cats. the cat empire and it, yes, wow. that, that was a very successful kickstarter and i'm not really a dog person but these are super endearing dogs and kind of a cool setting for anything and it it funded a lot People kind of wanted, all wanted to be good dogs, apparently. Well, they wanted 15,000. They got 193,000. Yeah, wouldn't sneeze at that. No, no, that's, that's, that's a lot of funding. Oh, okay, and you can pre-order. That's nice. All right, I might end up... <laughs> back away from the shiny button. Back away. <laughs> I'm backing away. I'm backing away from the shiny button, but um, yes. Hmm. I can always go back and find the links later. Indeed. Ah. So... Yes, and I can see that would be that would be quite appropriate. Um, on the other side of things, the Legend of Monkey is being remade some thirty-five years after thirty-five, almost forty years after it's, a, it's being remade in New Zealand with a quite disappointing dearth of actual Asian actors. But <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the original was made with a quite disappointing dearth of actually Chinese people. So. To a certain point of view, this is carrying on a grand tradition. A grand, a grand tradition. That's true. 
it's hard to tell how much cross-dressing is going on in this one as the original one the priest Tripitaka was played by a woman and was assumed to be a monk so um but ironically enough the new zealand actress playing Tripitaka is lucianne buchanan no relation. <laughs> no relation, I assume. That's just one of those little... It's a pretty common surname in certain bits of the world, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just still... It's... Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Um, it amuses me, those little coincidences. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, yeah, New Zealand and the United Kingdom and the United States are about the only places I've ever been to where people could uh, pronounce my surname properly. Mm. Or at least pronounce it the same way I do. The only person in Australia I ever met who um, pronounced it right first time around was French. Fair enough. Yeah. The same route as Buccaneer, or am I, am I just hoping there? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. That's all about. I think it's drying meat there, because the, they they would you know preserve meat for for long trips at sea. I think it was a, fr- a French word, but well. yeah, one of the versions of the meaning of it is sort of flat. Yeah. Flat area on a hill or mountain that you use to mount artillery upon. Fair enough. Yeah. Ah. So the cannon, the cannon bit is literal. entirely literal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mister Sticks the Guns, here, what do you do? All right, I'll walk you through it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it was a different culture, there'd be a lot of such and such Mac Webmaster or such and such quantity surveyor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sysadmin. <laughs> Indeed. I think I know, I know a few of the OSIS admin clan. Yeah. There is an inevitable trend to there currently being fewer names because a lot of them get collapsed when, when mm. you know, families are formed. But yeah, if suddenly something got, things got weird and people having to retitle themselves in that way, that could be interesting. There is a book out there that has an approach on that where people's, yeah, people's surnames are the company they work for. So oh, one mm. of the one of the focal characters is, is a guy by the name of of, of Hack Nike. <laughs> uh, the book itself is called Jennifer Government. Oh, is that a sorry? Is that Charlie Stross? I'm not sure. Or I just I can't remember who wrote it. Feel, is it feeling very Laundry Files? It may be a bit pre Charlie Stross, but I could be wrong. By Max Berry. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So we so we've got the the journey to the west, possibly with dogs. Well, if you wanted to make it more for the puppers crowd, <laughs> and maybe a little bit less sacrilegious along the way. <laughs> Indeed. So somebody's going. Uh, you've got a group going out to find these travelogues of man, mm. journey of man, in order to I don't know do something wise with it. I'm not 100 percent sure what value they're going to get out of my travel blog. To be brutally honest, but uh, backsliding is a is a terrifying thing. So yeah, well that one I think links in canticle to Le- uh, for, for Leibowitz kind of does apply to an awful lot uh, um, an awful lot of this sort of idea. It's a little bit sad that people are assuming the total collapse of civilization is necessary for you to like attain any sort of religious office. Have you met me? <laughs> Sorry, apparently I am the um, the adversary in this podcast, so I have to wheedle and, you know. Uh, wheedle and <laughs> insinuate. Indeed. And... <laughs> oh, actually, there's, you know, there's a thought. If the um, if instead of being sort of a, a travel journal or whatever, it's an archive 
yeah, an uncorrupted archive of the podcasts. So rather than mm-hmm. being umpty generations of copy copied onto a variety of media uh, over the years, you know, as as the s- systems have come apart, so that now what they have is these distortion heavy crackly wax cylinders that they play through a gramophone but you know, somewhere out there there is an uncorrupted archive that mm. they can go and recover and okay yeah you know, it's probably a dat player or something and then all they need to do is figure out how to build a battery hmm so what other what other ones did we have indeed indeed well we had one from charlie mm-hmm. who who writes i posit that the emphasis in the question is on you as in, have you heard of this guy? I haven't. You just have to figure out whatever the hell Craig did to save the world, since nobody knows who he is and what he did, but all can agree that it was pretty great. So, I guess this was is, is kind of a crossover between... It's sort of a Mandelbro... Sorry, not Mandelbro. A Mandela effect thing. Everyone is knows that someone is the Lord and Savior, just not sure why. It's a... Uh, huh... It, it was. I think some. I came across the um, the idea when thinking about the the Mandel Bros, possibly the name, the um, terrible scheme. But yes, if it's a, if it's a Mandela effect thing, everyone is convinced that Sinbad made a movie about a genie in the nineties, but it never happened. Everybody is still arguing over whether they are the Berenstain or Berenstein bears. Yep, and people are taking it as you know, like prima facie evidence of like people messing with the timeline or there being a huge government conspiracy or something or the matrix obviously the matrix was pretty much everything okay yeah so that's so in this case in this case the fact that yeah the fact that somebody did this awesome thing hasn't been lost but every other thing every other piece of information about it has been obscured Mm. interesting Yes. What actually happened, and why is the, uh, the the collective memory so fuzzy? Ooh. Now, yeah, I mean that one. My first thought for that one would be, you know, some it, it's clearly some level of conspiracy game that you're kind of looking. You're you're effectively trying to figure out who this person is. I mean, clearly they know the name of the person in question. Mm-hmm. They just don't know anything about them or what they did. But everybody's completely convinced that they save the world mm. that's that the string of words they associate most strongly with somebody obscured that mm. that could be an interesting one because you know, potentially the person who obscured that is craig buchanan quite possibly maybe just very modest yeah uh, and not some scuzzy podcaster yeah <laughs> yeah save the world and then didn't want anybody to know about it which could either have some very sinister or some very non-sinister mm some terribly terribly pedestrian reason yeah or you could go with does stuff that happened in the last season of angel count as a spoiler after all this time it's been at least 15 years so we're probably okay probably okay yeah there is a bit there is a bit of that where you know angel effectively arranges for a a change in the world to give his son a decent yeah, a, a, a non-sucky childhood. Mm. You know, sort of grow up as a regular kid. Yeah. And then eventually people start to f- people start to figure it out. Yeah. And get completely the wrong idea, but they do eventually, yeah. 
they do eventually find out. So you could maybe go with something like that, that the reason that this figure has, that they've saved the world and they've tried to erase all knowledge that they've done it because something they had to do to make that happen was really, really nasty or just, Hmm. Yeah, maybe not Cabin in the Woods level, but maybe Cabin in the Woods level. Maybe it was, you know, sort of, okay, we've saved the world. You really do not want to know how, ever. Yes. Hmm. Or possibly that the the, the sacrifice involved with saving the world was pretty much the the price was existence. Ah. They threw themselves on the reality grenade uh, and so that it did not deconstruct the current sort of timeline or existence and then somebody had to ride the uh, uh r- ride the, the the portal bomb into the temporal fissure uh, mm. in order to hit it at the right time because of course of course the timer got broken because that's just how things work yes the v- remote detonator never works the uh, no. though why would it if you check it through a temporal portal of course um, yeah yeah the, the, the timer always gets damaged so that somebody has to press the button at the right time yep yep I like the way the Expanse did it. That was actually it was going to go off. It was just going to go off early. That that was a different one. Sort of, uh, yeah. So I'm just sitting here pressing the stupid button all the time. Yes. Beep. <laughs> beep. Beep. <laughs> beep. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That was quite good. And a nice arc for the character. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the goal at the end of that one is either to no, is the goal simply. Yeah, like like the end of a Dan Dan Brown novel, simply to know what the hell happened. Yes, because or is there something more? Yes, because to to find out that the forgetting was part of the deal that was made to to do the saviouring, it's like mm, maybe that's better not better not to find out. Mm. You know, on the other hand, is it? You know, if you've got. This is another another sinister um, manipulation of the Mandelbro, who, you know, wasn't wasn't able. You know, the the ski, you know, the Mandelbro's evil scheme was foiled for all time. The Mandelbro wasn't able to stop that from happening, but was able to stop anybody from knowing who did it, mm. and has been keeping the Lord and Savior locked up somewhere because then you've got uh. a, the potential of a rescue mission. Um. Yeah, it would depend on the ending. It would be my 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 worry would be that you could set up this this really fun sort of trawling through the archives, chasing through bits of memory, all this sort of thing, and then just get to the ending of and that's it. Yeah, actually, the the idea might be that you know there there is the the savior has been appointed because this is all causality jag, and the 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 villain in question has squirreled away the savior to an unplace. They haven't actually done the savioring yet, but they are still the appointed savior. And the problem is that it's not going to happen until you figure out from all the gaps what is supposed to go on and rescue them. Ah. So you've got to reinstate your savior. That's pretty cool. Set them up. But you start off with the problem of like, we've got an, we've, we've got a, uh, there is a, there is a hole in your mind situation. Except this is for everybody. It's like, what? Huh? We've got here. We, we've got an empty desk in the in the time cop bullpen. We know somebody is out the saviour, but what happened? You've got to go work backwards. It would be a very nice. very oblique clue finding. Yeah, I mean, you're basically looking looking for the bits that don't quite match up. So mm. the desk 
clearly has nothing on it, but isn't an empty, you know, nobody ever uses that empty desk because they all know it belongs to somebody. They just don't know who. Mm. Mm. So yes, there is, there is this chunk of their mind of, of their mind or chunk of the reality that has, you know, has the savior in it. And so all of the stuff that they would just expect that person to be doing, they still at some level expect to happen until it's called to their attention. Well, they can't be removed from the equation entirely because, you know, reality will fill someone else in. Mm. The person responsible for this has to keep that space empty just so that, that the mantle isn't taken up by someone else. Nice. Because, yeah, then you've got a solid rescue mission at the end. Mm. And, a, you know, a potential good outcome for the, the heroes to strive for. It's a bit meta-flipping physical, but, you know, we'll cope. Yeah. The, the, the whole thing's a bit meta-flipping physical, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> You're having a crisis of faith there. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I yeah. do not recall. I don't, do not recall this ever being covered during uh, five years of Scots Presbyterian schooling. And frankly, I feel a little bit let down. Indeed, they really should have, you know, prepared you for all obvious eventualities. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, like being on an RPG podcast where somebody puts, uh, yeah, suggests yourself as the Lord and Savior. Um, mm. This is the sort of thing that, frankly, should be covered, and is one of the reasons why I uh, uh, am. Yeah, less than impressed by our modern education system. Mm, mm. It seems entire. Yeah, this should have been covered. Sorry, there, you, <laughs> there you've got it. Yeah, well, I I went through at least three years of of religious education classes. Not a dicky bird. Never mentioned. No. Well, they have no. a lot of ground to cover. That's true. Yeah, we did visit a synagogue once. I suspect if it had been a Buddhist teaching, you know, the uh, the looking for the the your your inner um, Buddhist. Or possibly just lots of monkey reruns. You might have had a little bit of a head start, but oh well. Let, let's uh, comparative religiosity is never, never. You know, it's not really our bag, is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not an exact science. Uh, in fact, <laughs> one could argue that's the entire point. All right, so that was that one. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And do you want to do the last one? Uh, we've got one from Will, and was it? It's not that Craig is our Lord and Saviour, it's whether Craig has heard of our Lord and Saviour. Imagine a game of Everyone is John, and instead of John, it's Craig, and all the voices try to either redeem Craig for his probably numerous sins, or they're trying to push him him away from redemption. The player with the most points ends up determining the fate of Craig's eternal soul, which would probably lead back towards Scott's Presbyterian schooling for eternity. So cold. <laughs> um, you know, as somebody who has, and, and it'd be especially funny if you know you were running the game. But I don't. <laughs> as a GM, I'm not sure if I want a bunch of players attempting to um, shepherd my uh, my soul to its just reward. <laughs> or not? Given some of the people, yeah. Given, given some of the people I've played games with, yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> And I, I've been in games with people I, I don't think would recognise a just reward if it came up and stabbed them with a pointy stick. So, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, that's a nice compact pitch for a game. I always admire those. Mm. Wow. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if we're going to get away with publishing everyone as John three sixteen, but ooh, nice, <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, you could go with the. Um... Yeah, you could you could bypass it and go with the the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, everybody is Austin three sixteen. 
<laughs> I, I think it was Steve Austin had that. That was his one of his many bits over the years. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That would be the one. Fair enough. Um, yes. So, yes, I would not run this game. <laughs> You haven't been compelled to run this game yet. Would you prefer someone else did it? <laughs> I think I would. I'd go somewhere else and not here. Yeah, not not, not witness it or read any of the write-ups afterwards. Uh, I'm yeah. deny any and all knowledge. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that's just me. So, so it sounds like for our first actual play... <laughs> yeah. That does actually... That does sound kind of interesting as... You know, as as an approach to everyone is John, that it's yeah, if everyone is John with this very specific agenda. Because mm. yeah, I've not played the game. the The various examples of it I've seen have tended more towards the schizophrenic wackiness for the sake of paranoia, but people can't shoot each other, kind of thing. Pretty much, yeah. Whereas this. Yeah, I'm not, not entirely sure why people are driving uh, driving this poor bugger towards or away from salvation. Though I guess what you've basically got is the uh, the, the dear old atheist v Christian debates that they used to have at university that always just turned into madness and ooze and shouting. They were at least they seemed more intriguing back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That is the trouble with the really compact ideas. It's sort of, a, yeah, it's all there. There's really not much, you know, other other than more Scots Presbyterian schooling for eternity, which, ugh. Yep. Thank you, no. No, sir. Okay. And we've got one final one from Burning for Have You Heard of Our Lord and Saviour, uh, which reads, I almost immediately thought of those cheesy post-apocalyptic stories that have civilizations and religions that are based entirely around one thing from the present day, like motorcycles or commercial airlines. I don't know exactly what the church of the big red couch would be like, although I imagine the ritual of drawing from the box of mysteries would be pretty important. Since I'm having a hard time picturing you guys inspiring a religion that would involve a lot of smiting, I'm picturing something more like a board game where the players go around trying to win converts from other wacky post-apocalyptic religions through the power of explanatory pamphlets and hosting community social occasions. Hmm. Again, with the um, the the world having to end thing. I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something we touch on fairly regularly. It's definitely one of the uh, big red couchisms, but yeah. I... I I don't know. If I was you, maybe I'd start taking it personally. Maybe you would feel kind of smitey. Uh. Mm. Well, it, it, we ourselves might not be inspiring a, a smiting-based religion, but then again, many of the episodes that we've, um, we've, we've talked about have involved world-ending scenarios and, and post-apocalypses and that sort of thing. Hmm. So it's possible we're the ones who did it. Oh, Right. Mm. Come up with one of those out-of-control notions or something that, that go on to, with, to spawn terrible consequences. Pretty much, yeah. Like, you know, using... Tamagotchis. Yeah, yeah. Or using the Palladium system to do anything. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Getting into old-school knife fights. <laughs> 
Yes, one of one of those things that has terrible consequences. Like, oh, how bad can fatal really be? <sighs> Unplayably bad, allegedly, but let's not go there. Mm. That's something I'm not linking, but we'll we'll go with that. No. Um. Okay, so the Church of the Big Red Couch. Okay, we're well, going with the the initial suggestion of the of the board game. Yeah, that could that 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 could be fun. I mean, I'm suspecting something with a lot of cards so that you can have this trade of easily duped post-apocalyptic followers. I am getting kind of a postman vibe with the um, the new the rising power being led by a photocopier salesman who's you know was nothing special in his former life, who just happened to um, you know post-apocalypse warlording just happened to be his thing and mm. uh, takes the opportunity. The idea of you know. It's true. After the you know, the fall of civilization, this whole the whole the possibility for new people to rise to become you know figures of of spiritual enlightenment is you know, greatly uh, is greatly enhanced. But there's the idea of very gentle, laid back counterpoint to you know the the sort of the tribes of sodomy bikers and various other inhabitants of the wasteland. So very very chill kind of not that fast dudes. Hmm. So yeah, potentially you've got couchism, <laughs> dudism, the one who abides, mm-hmm. um, pantheon of of slightly crappy pop culture deities. Yeah, mm, that would take a yeah take a bit more workshopping to to flesh that out entirely. But I I am imagining the. You know, if, if you were doing this as a very strange movie or, or TV show, you've got the sort of you've got the badlands, and you've got this sort of you know the the, the dust dust filled desert kind of opening sh- very standard opening shot, and then this group of people pu- pulling or carrying this sort of um, enormous red couch that they have uh, they have constructed through the desert. You sort of have the thing set up as it's your very standard slaves pulling the emperor emperor's throne along except as you get closer you discover oh no the thing's actually on wheels and it's like an enormous plow and yeah they're basically just creating this enormous swath of grow area where things can grow through the desert and Mm. they've just topped it with this enormous red couch for whatever reason Hmm. again i'm not sure where you go from there indeed it's an odd image and it's yeah, you know, it sort of fits into your cozy catastrophe area of stories where things have come apart, but it's actually not that bad. Hmm. There's not yeah, there's not a lot of media references to that because usually when things come apart, it's it's come apart a lot. Hmm. You know, even the opening bits of Mad Max, things were still yeah, a bit crappy, even though people were going on holidays. Hmm. So yeah, getting getting an RPG out of that one tricky, and you could do the, the standard sort of tribal community of the week approach if you were doing a a post-apocalyptic game and you sort of run across the one group of people who actually aren't a pack of complete bastards and they're roaming around proselytizing not being bastards <laughs> yeah yeah try not to be a dick all of the time um as as a religious tenant they're, they're very concerned that they don't drive anything to extremism. So they, they're not as effective as they could be, but it's very much, you know, we don't have this all down yet, but we're fairly confident, you know, just try and, you know, chill out, listen to other people, try and prove yourself, you know? Yep. 
Call your mum. I mean, if, <laughs> if, you, if you replace some of the stuff in the box of mysteries with, was it Brian Eno had his his sort of oblique strategies of basically stuff to do when the the particular thing he was working on wasn't working. He's sort of running a culture based on that. Sort of, How do we solve this problem? Go for a walk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. As people pick up the various traces on the enormous couch throne of, I really hate that card. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot easier before we built the couch throne. <laughs> drag, 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 drag. <laughs> is, is it just me, or do we do we have a few few too much random weirdness in our uh, in our religions mystery box? Uh, <laughs> I am getting sick of that go dance with a scorpion card. <laughs> yes. Does kind of feel more like random forfeits than anything. Also, keeping mm. in tone with the show, but <laughs> well, yeah, yep. Then again, it could be that they've, they've wildly uh, reinterpreted uh, scorpion dancing to be a bit like the safety dance from the absolutely appalling Men Without Hats. That Men Without Hats video is amazing. It's basically Game of Thrones. It's incredible. Game of Thrones, the happy version. Yes. yes. <laughs> You can bet I'm linking that one in the show notes. Are you also going to do the descriptive lyrics version? Uh, I am now. Okay, that's good. Yes, just as long as that's out there and poisoning the minds of any, all who, who see it. That's really what it's all about. Indeed. All right. Okay, yeah, I think I would, for the for the cheesy post-apocalyptic story, yeah, the, the idea of some some area that's res- either relatively easily defended or just nobody ever goes there. And yeah, this w- warmer and fluffier post-apocalyptic religion based on kind of misunderstanding and sometimes creatively reinterpreting big red couch cards <laughs> as a system of, of guidance and government. Yes. The idea, if it was a board game, that the, the box of mysteries would just be full of slightly odd forfeits. It'd be kind of intriguing. Okay. Hmm. But, yeah, I can see that being a, a, a feature of that sort of thing. And, yeah, you've already got the box that the uh, the game came in, so that's quite handy. Yeah, very useful. Yeah, you get, get double purpose out of it. It's quite handy. Um, all right, so, yeah. And I do like the, the, the board game approach. I th- yeah, I think if I was doing an RPG, of a, a post-apocalyptic RPG, having this bunch of wacky couch worshippers is kind of this is a place yeah it's kind of the place you can go back to 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 resupply hmm. yeah like barter town but less horrible <laughs> or the other bunch who wander through the wasteland people just avoid them because they're not entirely sure what their deal is but it can't just be pulling a couch around they're gonna have something else going on yeah there's obviously something really scary in that couch or something yeah it's a weapon or something <laughs> hmm now that's an interesting one. Do they know? Like, do do the followers of the couch know that that's what's going on? They've realised it's a giant charade, or um, no? They've realised that every yes. Do they realise that they're actually dragging this thing through enormously dangerous territory, and the only reason that nobody is touching them is because everybody thinks it's a really scary thing? It's just weird enough that they go, okay, don't. Don't do anything. Yeah, just just let them go by. Just they clearly have powerful magic on their side. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, that that might be us. 
Indeed. Thank you, our many contributors, to um, elevating our Lord Craig Buchanan to his uh, lofty heights with those ideas. Oh, oh me. <laughs> Thank you for um, rocking up and providing those those notions. We, I really thought we were going to struggle with this one because it was kind of, it's a bit out there. And, and we are running on only one cylinder because there's a large number of them that I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole for entirely personal reasons. Oh, man. That's a, that's a bonus episode we're never going to get to record, isn't it? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, those ones, yeah. Mm. Yes. Our next episode, I think, leads on nicely from this one <laughs> because the card reads, Can we at least get through this without it being in all the papers? Nice. Yeah. Hey. So thank you again, listeners, for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to everybody who's sent in ideas to bolster our feeble and, at least in my case, completely uncooperative, deliberately uncooperative brains. <laughs> and we will catch you next time. Indeed. Take care, everyone. And remember, evil. Bye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!